Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey there, gang. You're about to hear episode eight of Shame Feeder, which is actually the final episode of this season. If you've liked what you've heard, I'd love it if you could give the episode a bit of a subscribe on iTunes or any of the apps you're listening to it on. If you can give reviews um, or share it anywhere, that'd be fantastic. If I get enough of a push on this, I'm actually going to look into seeing if I can do another season uh, specializing in different areas. So please show it all your love. But meanwhile, enjoy this episode with another amazing guest, Andrew Hansen. Whether it's relationships, work, or just with friends, there are plenty of things that I've done that I'll suddenly think about and feel ashamed of. But surely I'm not the only one who has this happen. So I'm going to be talking to a whole bunch of people and asking them about what they're ashamed of and how they think that's influenced the person they are today. This episode's guest is comedian, writer, and all-round entertainer, as well as member of the Chasers team, Andrew Hansen. And then if it's funny to watch back, that's all right, but uh, but I, I, don't, I never enjoyed the process at all. God, I was green. I mean, in the uh, I'm, actually, that is something I'm a bit ashamed of, and I've never, I've always been a bit intimidated by people who are older than me. Always, and if someone's older than me, I, I, I'm sort of terrified of them. So this is, and I don't think you know this, by the way, guest who's about to be interviewed. This is the the final episode of Shame Feeder. Um, and if you've been following, uh, I hope you've enjoyed a little bit of exploration on shame, how it influences, how. Maybe it helps us with career and life. I'm not sure. For some, I don't think it has. But uh, what I'm really excited about is the guest for this episode, uh, a guy who whose work I've been a big fan of uh, for a long time, from CNNNN days, I think, as a kid. Andrew Hansen uh, joins me. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Oh, for well, thank you, for, thank you for saying you're a big fan. You've been watching a long time then, CNNNN. Yeah. That, that was, you know, 2002. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very much remember growing up with that as a kid and just sort of loving yeah. it. It was yeah, yeah. fantastic. And then <laughs> Chasers War and everything and everything since. But... I mean, I want to jump straight into it and because uh, I know you've done a lot of projects and you're always doing more projects. Um, what would you say some of your biggest achievements are? Oh, man. So achievements? Yeah. See, I I'm not sure I've had achievements. I mean, I've, I've just kind of stumbled around in this in this business. Um, I, I, look, I guess... I guess every every show that you manage to crank out, you might you might consider that an achievement. Okay, <laughs> but um, no, I think I've uh, for me achievements are much more personal things, like yeah. having a having a kid and, and and getting a driver's license and th- you know th- those are my huge achievements. You in, compare in my, having a kid to getting you know, a driver's license. <laughs> they were both about equally difficult for me. <laughs> I, I found. <laughs> I mean, I'm very unco person. Getting the license was you know yeah it, it was a it was like it was like labour. I mean, it was really it was agonising. Um. You know, I failed the test and failed it again and failed it again. It was awful. Um, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I but, mean, um, that, that's interesting. Okay, so, well, look, and that's the thing. Like, it's been interesting um, interviewing different people. It's very much, there's been an even split between people without full families and people with full families and very different responses to that question. Um, 
but with, is there anything okay career wise is there any achievements though I'm, I'm assuming oh yeah, well uh, car stand uh, is the uh, highest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no career look I, I guess every show is, is a kind of an achievement but you know there are different levels of I mean every production is different sometimes you're happier with the show than other times mm-hmm. sometimes you think oh that, 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 that was a bit of a stinker and oh. uh, another time you think oh it was alright um I'm, I'm I'm more relieved. I mean, see, I don't. I, I'm, it's more a sense of relief, though, when I've managed to do a show. I just kind of, oh, thank God, rather than feeling like it's an achievement. I feel like it's just a, a weight off my shoulders that oh, I got away with it, or yeah. you know. And and I mean, Craig and I always look at each other during the stressful moments. Craig Rucastle, yeah. if we've worked together on something, and he's one of the other chase guys. If for, for listeners who haven't met. Uh, he's the gap-toothed one. And um, we look at each other when it gets stressful and say, why do we do this to ourselves? Why are we doing this again? And, and we never have a good answer to that question. you know. Um, but then it feels good if you... Sometimes it feels good, you know, if you if you finish the show and you're reasonably happy with parts of it. Mm. I'm really happy with all of it. Um, depends what it is. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Um, well... I mean, I find that really. Ooh, I just kicked the entire oh, table. The people did. hear that doesn't matter. You uh, kicked I, f- it. I find that really. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the show's about to kick the bucket anyway. Um, <laughs> I find that really interesting. The second question I like to ask, and for some it's the same, for some it's different. Is we've already covered achievements, but is there something you're most proud of? Um, recently, it's recently it was actually getting a a book deal. I was very proud of that because for some reason, because I grew up thinking books, you know, I I think my mum sort of has this religious reverence for books, which some people have. Mm. I think it might be a generational thing too, you know, like people my age and younger. We're kind of pretty dismissive of media, you know, whereas older people sort of think if something's published, it's it's amazing, you know, Mm. it's like like the word of God. And um, so my wife and I are writing this, this kids book and I'm I'm actually much prouder of of that than um than the TV shows and and the comedy shows. I mean a lot of the comedy stuff I've done I I've kind of done it more because I've just been trying to avoid getting a proper job because I've had proper jobs and they're really awful. Mm. I, I hated them and I was bad at them. Um so <laughs> I you know I kind of I've organized life so that I've tried to find ways of not working in a proper useful job and that led me to do to do comedy um but it wasn't as if it was something that i was burning to do or you know um so it wasn't a you know a a huge achievement whereas getting getting this book deal was good because it's a it's a kid's book we're writing it's a fantasy story it's totally different from my comedy stuff it's oh wow it's a funny it's a funny adventure story with full of magic and mummies and um it's about animal mummies, actually, okay. and that—that's the kind of stuff that turns my dials up. Not, you know, people t- are going to meet me and think, "Oh, so you must be solely interested in topical comedy." Um, and I'm not really. I'm actually—I'm not that interested in topical comedy. I prefer narrative comedy, and even though I haven't really made narrative comedy in my career, um, that's my favourite kind, or, okay. or wacky sketch comedy. Yeah, um, slapstick. Um, or- I love slapstick. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and we've done a lot. Of, I mean, we have actually done a lot of that on TV in The Chaser mm. and more so in my stage shows probably. Um, yeah, okay. But, you know, yeah, but getting a kid's book up that's about animal mummies, that I'm really proud of. <laughs> I'm, I'm really proud and excited about that because that's, that's what I'm actually into. Yeah. So is it, is it, I'm really curious on this and I don't know how much you can give away. Is it like 
novel or children's book with pictures. It's a children's novel, so it's you know it's a it's a, a short novel for eight year olds. Mm. Yeah, basically, okay. um, and it's it's a funny story. It's called Bab Sharky and the Animal Mummies. Um, cool. And it's Keep uh, it <laughs> yeah, it's about you know it's about a kid who finds a a, a, lo- a pharaoh's beard that has magic powers and it leads him to a city that's populated by these animal mummies that are brought to life. Um, that's fantastic. And, and, and this is what I really want to be doing. No, no, Chaser fans will just will have switched off long you know when they yeah. hear about that they, they won't be interested. But but it's not for you. It's for kids. It does sound a little bit like I don't know. It's, this might be a niche reference. That episode of Black Books where they write a children's book and they're just trying to throw in oh, like yeah. uh, he's he's missing a balloon and all that sort yeah. of stuff. That's an that's an apt reference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you say you're proud of that, and you know that there's that reverence that comes with the older generation with publishing things yeah when you got the deal who did you tell about it yeah yeah well my parents because it was my mum it was something she'd understand you know because because mm. often um you know mum and dad are quite baffled by the sort of stuff i do like I, you know if i do <laughs> if i say if they say what are you doing is they're always worried i'm unemployed you know what are you doing <laughs> have you got a, you got any work um because they they're very abc people so they notice they, they sort of notice um like my my colleagues who if they're doing something obscure on abc local radio my parents kind of think that's the biggest they think that's like hollywood in <laughs> their mind it. yeah yeah that's like it's as big as <laughs> as big as you can get so um, what so you're gonna have to do is like a book tour around like local abc radio when you're released right? i will i know because yes because see i'm not on abc local radio and my parents are worried they think they, they don't know what I, where i am or what i'm doing and if i say to them oh well i've been doing a corporate gig or you know um um Oh, I've been doing a, a tour. Uh, I've been touring a stage show. It, it I think that's baffling to mum and dad. They, they, they don't really know what I'm talking about. Um, it's like I've just said, um, oh, I'm, um, I've wrapped myself up in, in fairy floss. Or, you know, it's, it's like I've said, oh, I've jumped into a pit. I mean, it's just weird. You know, they, it's not part of their, their radar. So mm. they think I'm doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Effectively, I'm not doing anything. Um, <laughs> or if I'm pitching shows to networks, or that, yeah. that doesn't sound like work. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I have to. I, I, I had to resort to getting a children's book deal, and then I could go to mum and dad and say, <laughs> "Look, I've got. Uh, I'm writing a book, and they know what that is." Yeah. Did you so, leave so out now that it was they, a children's book? Um, no, no. They're, they're happy. They're okay with that. They, they've seen children's, but they know what a children's book is. <laughs> so, so they're, they're they're okay with it. They're happy with that. Um, yeah. And that, that's ultimately, in the end, isn't that? That's what we're all trying to do is please our parents, aren't we? I um, guess so. It's the main reason I go to the gym a few months before I know I have to visit them. <laughs> <laughs> Show them your washboard abs. Oh, not even that. Just like I think the first time I moved away from home, when I finally went back, I flew back in. Dad picked me up from the airport. I sat in the passenger seat. He just reached over and patted my stomach. and just went, you put on a few kilos. Oh, oh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. oh that's crippling. Yeah, oh, that's right? No, you've got to make your dad proud by mm, having a baby. Yeah. Not that he has fly. any abs to talk about. But no, but you're... But he, but he, he doesn't have to impress you. He's yeah, he's, he's your dad. Yeah. Um, whereas you've got to make him proud. Yeah. By getting rid of that gut. Yeah. Boy, I, I'm They're lucky I'm skinny. I'm lucky I'm thin because <laughs> yes. otherwise I'd have another thing that I'd have to worry about with <laughs> yeah, my when I visit mum and dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> publishing, and then you know also your child and getting a car license. Are those the big three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, they, they, I mean, there are there are little achievements, aren't yeah. they? I mean, I, I suppose in 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 your work. I mean, I I'd go sketch by sketch. I think, yeah, like, okay. I'm thinking about you know last year um, with the, some of the Chaser guys, we made this TV series about the election in Australia, mm. and it was called the Chaser's Election Desk, and um, 
there were part, there were bits of the show I was I was really pleased with, and bits I wasn't. Yeah, there were bits of the show I thought, oh, that's not very good. Um, but the bits that that I was pleased with, I thought, well, well that's good. And comedy's like that. It's um, yeah. it's it's really up and down. It's 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 a bit patchy comedy. Um, it's very rare to sit down and see a comedy show that you think is brilliant from start to finish. Hundred percent. It almost never happens. Um, and 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 that's okay. I mean, thank God. Otherwise, I'd be very upset because I've you know I've never made a perfect one, and I probably never will. Um, <laughs> but there's that to but aspire. But at least, yeah, well, I can aspire to that. But at least there's there's the odd sketch here and there. I think, oh yeah, okay, I'm happy with that one. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> is, there, is there any sketch that stands out? <laughs> well, you, actually, my favourite ones are usually ones that are spearheaded by the other guys in the group. I, I think my favourite one of all time, I still I still remember very fondly, was a, a thing we called the Logie's Bonehead Challenge. Oh, yeah. And that was it was done quite a few years ago now. Um, I can't remember whose concept it was, um, but it involved Chaz Lichardello. Um, we we all had invitations to the Logies mm. that year, and um, his challenge was to try and just get into the background of as many shots as he possibly could on the Logies telecast. <laughs> and and I thought it was a kind of amusing concept. And Chaz, he applies himself to these things like you wouldn't believe. He's a real sort of mathematician. He's a science. He's got a science degree, and he's he's a little bit aspy. He's very sort of um, he's very particular about details. Probably too particular. He's very focused on things. So he had a map of the entire Logie's ballroom, wow. in his, which he'd studied and had in his brain, and he knew all the cameras exactly where they were and exactly, and he figured out in advance who the cameras would be getting shots of in the audience as the awards were announced. And he did manage to quite brilliantly get into the background of an incredible number of these shots. Um, But he also, it it was also a good way of just taking the piss out of the the whole sort of tacky, bombastic nature of the Logies Mm. because um, Chaz was... (laughs) <laughs> you know, he, he was just making fun of the ridiculousness of this ceremony. He'd get behind these people and pretend that he was overwhelmed with joy when they won the when they won the award, <laughs> and he'd be fist pumping the air when you know um, some boring person like Richard Wilkins would win an award. Um, sorry, yeah. ri- sorry, Richard. I always I always use Richard <laughs> Wilkins as an example of a boring. He's a very lovely man, Richard yeah. Wilkins. He's actually very nice. Um, <laughs> just can't um, put much expression uh, on his face. Uh, no, well, no, or or ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he never, he never could, you know. So, so, and then oh. I, I'd run into him sometimes and apologise, and then I go and make fun of him again in public. I'm a very shallow person, oh. um, well, so I'm proud of, of of the Logie's Bonehead Challenge, even though I had very little to do with it. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. was on my show, but it, you know, it was mostly Chaz's segment. Um, yeah, I find that really interesting. Well, look, I, I'm sure we could, I could talk a lot more because you have a, a lot of career history and stuff to talk about but what want to next cover off on shame if you're up for it oh we're up to the shame bit yeah. oh this is the bit I'm terrified about keep up to date on the latest episodes by subscribing to Stitcher Apple Podcasts Pocket Casts and all other apps hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. 
But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So, okay, achievements, uh, too many to name. Oh, too many. So many achievements. I'm just a man of achievement. Overwhelmed by your achievements. Overwhelming achievement. I can't deal with how many achievements. But I'm sure there's got to be some shame in there, right? (laughs) Oh, look, this this is the thing. I'm not a very... I'm actually not a very shamed person. Um, mm. And I think you were saying to me, most people who agree to come on podcasts are hard to ashamed. Yeah. And, well, and I am too. It was very difficult. Um, like, I've really had to, for most people, delve into their childhood. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, that is true. I, I, yeah, you sometimes get some some sort of shame and guilt when you're growing up. Yeah. But as a grown-up, no, I, I haven't had that much that much shame. I must be a very, very dull person because I haven't done anything <laughs> wicked enough to be ashamed of. But you know what I... Weirdly, one thing though that, that that has always made me a bit ashamed and a bit anxious is well, grey pubes is <laughs> is where it starts. Finding a grey pube okay. is really really shameful. It's deeply shameful, especially there because that's meant to be the most attractive part of our body. You know, you know, it's, that's meant to be the bit that excites people. Um, when it starts to you know, give up the ghost when it starts to outlive you, yeah, um, or you outlive, you outlive it, it. Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I got that the wrong way around. Didn't I? I don't want to be outlived by my junk. I'll be <laughs> at my funeral. My penis is going to be leaping around on top of my coffin. It gives the uh, eulogy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> oh, um, no, I mean the other way around. So, you know, because it's about getting old, and I've I've always felt. A keen sense of shame about being too old to do things, mm. and it started. It started. I think it started because um, I've never quite known what to do with my life, and the first thing I thought of doing, or one of the first things, was becoming a musician, which I tried to do for a while. The thing about being a musician is, if most really successful musicians have made it really big really young like by the time you know incredibly young like mm. by the time they're 19 or yeah, 20 yeah 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 these these people are at the top of the charts you know and um i remember on my 22nd birthday feeling terribly depressed because um i had this vague notion that i wanted to be a musician but i wasn't i hadn't applied myself very well to it anyway <laughs> i was i was all distracted by um all the all the sort of business of being young mm. <laughs> and um I, I was moaning you know i used to moan to my friends oh i'm past it i'm 22 i'm never gonna make it now i'm never gonna make it you know and um my friends used to ridicule me because um well again i remember craig Rucastle <laughs> at the time mm. like, teasing the shit out of me for, for, for saying oh 22 oh I'm such an old man because I'm 22 oh I'm 22 I'll never make any anything of my life I've got no time left because I'm 22 but you know but he he's not a fan of, of musicians he doesn't he didn't understand the music industry you know he, he thinks that 
people career he only knows lawyers and boring people like that whose careers peak when they're in their 50s you know it's yeah. like you know, you've got till your 50s you know you, it's, you've got time I'm like no I don't because I, I want to be a musician I've, I, I'm you know yeah. so I was I was kind of ashamed to be uh, to be a bit older also my voice broke before anyone else's in, in high school okay. uh, you know the, I was the first kid in the I think I was the first kid in the whole school whose voice broke. I think I was in year seven and there were year 12 kids whose voice hadn't had broken yet. <laughs> so and I, jealous, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I sounded older than some of the teachers. <laughs> I actually had a similar sort of thing. Like, also did you? started growing facial hair. And I think I... Did you? I took on oh. Movember when in like year 10. <laughs> and Year 10, I, Movember? And I, think, and I think it was like I made it to the front of the local newspaper or something. Like, freak <laughs> child grows beard. Like... Oh, oh, really? Yeah, beat most of the teachers. I was very proud. <laughs> you were proud? See, I'd be ashamed. See, I would have been deeply ashamed to be so old really or, or so so sort of prematurely aged yeah like oh. that that's oh yeah look in my mind that's like those um tabloid headlines that that, that say boy 13 are dad you, you know those you know those <laughs> boys who become dads i reckon that the, the mustache is just as bad i love so um, so far you've compared um having a child to getting a license and having a beard to being a dad at the age of 13 <laughs> <laughs> well i think they're the same okay you okay. see the similarity of these things oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're clearly this is similar yeah no, well, you, well, you were proud, but see, I was, I was a bit ashamed. I mean, I, I admitted it actually to one of my. Although I, I was greatly comforted when um, one of my female friends, because I was, I was telling, I was saying, oh, my voice, God, I'm so, so I, I feel so embarrassed about my deep, stupid, deep voice. I said, twelve year old me. <laughs> it's oh, oh, I'm twelve. I've, I've just turned twelve, you know, and, and I've got this voice. <laughs> I'm like, oh bloody hell, why do I sound? <laughs> why do I sound like this when I'm only bloody twelve? Um, and she yeah. said... Um, Probably didn't help you with smoking well, a pack of Whitney Blues or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah well, you know, it was that and the, and the heavy drinking. But, um, yeah. she, but this friend said, no, no, I think it's really good. She said, oh, no, no, I think it's good. It's, it's quite attractive. And no one had ever said I was attractive back then, especially not girls. Usually girls said "Do you things like, do you ever wash your hair? You know, I remember one girl saying that to me. So, so it was Does better. Has that influenced you now? Because it uh, seems like you've got quite, it's, it's washed nine washed times a day like, now. It's, like, <laughs> it's always got a lot of volume to it. Like. Uh, no, that's actually an unwash. I must say, if I wash it, um, it loses all its volume. Yeah, no. This, this is this is in defiance of the girl oh, who, really? who told me. <laughs> yeah, should have known. Yeah, right. yeah. Always no, the, the reason it's got volume is it's kind of bed hair. It hasn't been washed in like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, but but as an adult, sure I, I don't care. See, as I say, you lose your sh- It's true. Childhood, you're ashamed of these things. Mm. Um, so after that girl said the, the hair washing thing, I washed washed my hair like crazy, like three times a day. Um, <laughs> really? And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, well, well, you know, it's gutting because I was I was twelve. Had this, you know, with mm. my broken alcoholic voice and and my greasy hair, because my <clears throat> my parents had never sort of taught me that you're supposed to have a shower in the morning. You know, I had them at night. <laughs> until this point, until this point, until the girl, <laughs> you wow, know, noticed okay. it. And, and also because back then I was combing my hair, you know, because oh, I thought yeah, it was meant no, to I be combed. I lived by the comb as a kid. Did you live by the yeah. comb? The rule of the comb. The mum, well, mum, oh, like you've got a comb. Bad. You use the comb. And, you? and did you wet your hair first? Because that's, uh, I, I used to get up and bleary-eyed, I'd just put my head under the tap and wet it so that it would comb down. Plas- I used to plaster it down over my forehead. And it was all greasy, you know, it was terrible. It was, I looked appalling. And that girl was right. Yeah, to, I love how much of this has just become hair chat, by the way. <laughs> it's important. It's 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 a yeah. core of shame. I mean, people, appearance, you know, really. people are very, uh, yeah, people's appearance. God, that we, we're all ashamed of our appearance. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then, moving forward, you know, being ashamed of 
things with age, you're not getting things done by a certain age. Yeah, by certain yeah, by, by these deadlines. It does. Yeah, it still happens to me. I think you know. Um, yeah, because well, but I'm not sure what my deadlines are supposed to be now because um, I'm not. Yeah, you know, I I stopped trying to be a musician when I started being a comedian, mm. and. Um, I think that with, with with comedy, it's much more forgiving of your age. You know, yeah. you, you don't have to be. In fact, it's very rare for comedians to to make it very big, very young, mm. because I think it's to do with the way you think. It, you know, it, you, you, you have to know a bit about life, don't you? You've got to know a bit about life. Yeah, I think you've got to be at least twenty five or twenty six, mm. don't you? To to unless you're an exceptional talent, like you know, we we, we lost Sean Hughes the other day, mm. um, and he. Well, he he won Edinburgh. He won the big prize at Edinburgh when he was only twenty four or something. Yeah, I mean, okay. amazing. But that's rare. That's yeah. very rare. Okay. Um, so, but with deadlines. So I know I don't know if you want me mentioning this or not. But before when we were away from the microphones, you were mentioning you know you'd had your deadline for your book pushed back. Was there? I any did. Yeah, anxiety? yeah. The book the book's running a bit behind. I'm afraid. Or anything the, the, when you were getting to that point where you had to contact the publisher and say, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm very embarrassed. Oh yeah, it's embarrassing not to not to meet a deadline. Is is, yeah. <laughs> is bad because you want to be reliable. True. Um, you want to be reliable. But then I had this notion that authors are always late for their deadlines, and in many ways, maybe it's a point of pride. So I'm following <clears throat> big fan of George R. R. Martin, like most like most people are. So the ultimate non-deadline. Mate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, 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 yeah, and I read on his blog. He, he occasionally posts an update saying, <laughs> "Well, I've missed another deadline." Um, he just like upsetting. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been good with deadlines, and I think I might need three more years than I originally. Oh. You know, this sort of thing. Um, and so I thought, well, if he can do it, but then again, people want to read his books, so you know, he he probably can do it. Whereas I, I, I'm not sure I have that luxury. Well, I think um, it's a case that there's this other author I've been reading in the whole fantasy genre as well, Ruthven. He did like. Uh, oh, I've heard of. I, I haven't read Ruthven. He's but written yet, two but. of three, and the third one just hasn't been out for like seven years or some nonsense. And really, and, and people you- keep asking, and he just comes out and he says, "When it's ready, you'll know." <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> he right. Does, I don't think really? he gives like really? deadlines or anything, or at least <laughs> yeah, not publicly, yeah. like Martin does. <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah, but I guess these people have a track record, so maybe maybe people will wait. But. Um, there's like that. I mean, I also, well, I'm a huge Jeff Lynne fan. Music, speaking of music again, mm. and Jeff Lynne. I mean, people were desperate for him to make another album after his one, his album in 2001, and um, and he didn't make one until 2015. You know, it took 14 years. Yeah. But the and um, but then you know, uh, so so I kind of have a respect for that. Mm. But then, of course, he's a genius. He's allowed to take 14 years yeah. to to make an album. I'm a big Roger Waters fan and Roger Waters took even longer to make I mean what well, his album came out this year and the last one was 92 I think like what is it 25 years the first time in 25 years yeah. to have a new album uh, but I've been waiting I've literally been waiting all this time for, for him to make another album well um, I love that idea you know. yeah like creative sort of thinking though oh, I haven't made it at this certain point in time and maybe getting to the point of giving up like I reckon best example has to be Rodriguez oh yeah well who Rodriguez went, okay well the album didn't make it and he yeah. fucked off to a farm didn't he for like 10 yeah, years well, yeah I think he was yeah, just working on building sites yeah. and that sort of thing and didn't realise yeah. he'd become successful yeah well amazing well he's a genius yeah. I think wouldn't you love um, it though if like down the track you realised in some remote part of the world like, your music <laughs> from your early <laughs> yes, 20s that's right from, from the band that I'd never <laughs> never got a record deal with it was yeah. actually massive in Peru yeah. I 
I'd, I'd go and perform the Andes or something. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. Just with a, like a pan flute or something. <laughs> oh, you know my band. <laughs> it was pan flute music. <laughs> okay. Well, look. So, does, is that sort of saying like not meeting deadlines? Sort of, I think at the same point as like the whole way you're not getting things done by a certain age. Is that sort of what you're saying? Uh, well, uh, yeah. No, it, no, it's different. It's different. I, I think there's a kind of. No, there's something, I mean, you know, oldness is not valued or liked in Australia, especially, and, and, and I've always been a bit suspicious of it. And I've never, I've always been a bit intimidated by people who are older than me, always. And if someone's older than me, I, I, I sort of am terrified of them. And I've always been that way, no matter how old I get. <laughs> I'm still terrified of anyone who's older than me. Um, I, I, I don't know why. Maybe because I was maybe I was brought up by strict school teachers, or God knows what it was that that put this into me. And I, and but other people aren't. Like I'm always amazed when I see people who are totally relaxed around people who are twice their age, and I'm very envious of that. Yeah. I, w- I wish I could do that. But, I mean, um, like, so you guys though through the chases have done plenty of stunts that would be at the downfall of certain politicians who'd be a lot older. Is there no hesitation oh, yeah. when it comes to approaching them and taking the mickey out of them? There is, there is from me. I, I, I've hated doing those stunts yeah. and pranks. I, I found them really stressful and, and horrible because I'm a non-confrontational person. Mm. So, yeah, um, Chris Taylor and Chaz Lichardello and I, we're, we're very non-confrontational. Whereas Julian and Craig... They, they they love getting in people's faces. They love rubbing people up the wrong way. They, they it, all, it sets them on fire. Mm. Like you know, it's their lifeblood. So they always loved going out and pissing people off and causing scenes and trouble. Um, I I liked comedy. I mean, I love comedy and I like it. If if the result is funny, yeah. then I'm happy. I'm happy to do. I'm happy to suffer and go and mm. make an ass of you know in public and upset people. Yeah. Okay. Um. As long, <laughs> and then if it's funny to watch back, that's all right. But uh, but I I don't. I never enjoyed the process at all. Okay. Oh God, that's no. Really interesting. No, no. I don't, yeah. Whereas well, people I've... people think I wanted to do all that stuff. Ah. I mean, I. You know, okay. the main stress too is with with pranks is you've only got usually one take, and mm. you know, and if you stuff it up, then yeah. you you got to sheepishly come back to the studio mm. or to the office. Oh, stuffed it up! You know, I wasted a whole day's shooting, and the, you know, <laughs> wow! Yeah, okay. If you don't get the camera angles right yeah, and all that, it's not worth it. You've got no mm. result. Yeah, okay. yeah, well, yeah. Look, there's yeah a few more um, things there. I think because when you told me, Vary, that I want to talk about the age of. Of the shame of age and getting old. Mm, yeah, I think like I don't know. I could be wrong, but I feel like I've gotten a few more things out of you than just the old stuff. Oh, I probably have. Yeah, I probably admitted yeah. to being ashamed of all sorts of things. Yeah. but um, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. But with comedy, it's not so bad. I, you know, I didn't mind. I didn't mind being old. Okay. Um, different people. I mean, comedy ages quickly too, mm. though. So it's it's hard to keep doing comedy for a long time. I think. I mean, you, you kind of hope that you. Fans will age with you, <laughs> mm, yeah. um, but they don't. People's people's sense of humour changes as they get older, as well. True. So they're less likely to enjoy the the stuff you that you're, you're doing. doing unless your comedy unless changes. You, unless, yeah, maybe unless it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, some of the, you, there are some comics though who have oh. had very long careers and they've mostly done the same type of stuff. Like Barry Humphreys kind of does the same kind yeah. of comedy now that he always has done, and I think his audience have kind of gone with him. Mm. Um, okay. Whereas, I, you know, I guess on the Chaser, we've drifted much more to in recent years towards um, sketches and clip reviews, comedy, okay. and, and we, we've done less pranks. Well, okay, so we're sort of getting into the territory of the next segment, so I want to cover off on that next. Just oh yes, connecting all the dots, if that's okay. Let's connect the dots. Awesome. 
For extra content, check out the Sam Blacker page on Facebook. Okay, so a few bit different things of shame, mostly around age, and that seems to have influenced a lot of what you're <laughs> age, doing. You're so shameful to be yeah. to be aging. But I find it really interesting. So we were just talking there, and I'd love to see if this is sort of where it goes. Would it be right to say then that with with the comedy, like the, that whole idea of aging and stuff, has influenced like changes and things you've done? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I think my comedy has has changed a little bit as as the years have gone on. I think I think I've become a bit better at writing comedy um like god i was green i mean in the um i'm actually that is something i'm a bit ashamed of um in cnn and i was so green and naive you know i didn't i didn't have the 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 concept of kind of writing for the show i I didn't understand that because i was 26 or something um so not much of my writing i think ended up in the first season of cnn because i had to kind of learn you can't just write any old thing Mm, um You know, this is what the show is. You've got to write something that suits the tone and the style, the house style of the show. Um, so I had to, I had to kind of learn that, and I had to learn brevity, which is which I didn't know back then mm. in comedy. Um, or TV comedy needs to be <clears throat> very tight, um, and all those sorts of things. Um, so I, I sort of gradually got better at it. Um, I think, uh, weirdly though, our, uh, the most popular Chasers show, in, as far as ratings went and just word of mouth, was the Chasers War and everything. Um, but I, I actually think our scripts and, and our editing skills and our performance all got much better after that show. Yeah, okay. I think the hamster wheel and the election shows we did since then and some of the media circus sketches are far better by any objective measurement than the Chasers War and everything. <laughs> um but they're not as popular, those shows. I, th- you know, I think there, there was just something in the air about oh, the yeah. war and everything at well, the time. Well, I remember um, um, literally it would have been a day ago, whatever day Melbourne Cup was. What's today? Thursday. So Tuesday. Yeah. Um, we did a whole thing on my radio show where we was, it was like, I will drive, we'll drive three listeners and, or a listener and their three friends to the Melbourne Cup and all this sort of stuff. And we got a car through a rental service and the guy literally spruiked it as... Oh, this is the car, the kind of car they use during the Chase's Apex. Oh. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it was a motorcade? It was a government car. Yeah, like one of the big ones of... on the same model or something. Oh, really? Like, it's got really? such cut through, like all that Chase's you can, stuff. You still... can drive into anywhere the, yeah. with those cars. <laughs> yeah, well, it, well, it did back there. Yeah, I guess it, it did have cut through. Yeah, more than our later stuff. But I think we weren't as good at making TV back then. Yeah. And and I think if you actually sit down and watch, you know, you're often disappointed when you rewatch an old movie or an old. show. Show yeah. that you thought that you thought you loved it, and you're like, "Oh, it's not as good as I remember." Um, I just watched Patch Adams, and it, was it as good as you remember? Dating, and yeah. she pointed yeah. out that he's just an annoying, mature age student. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> who thinks he yeah, knows no, more because of fair. life experience? That, that's a fair and point. It ruined it that's, for a, me. That, that's ruined. That's ruined Robin Williams' whole career. That's yeah. that's a that's a real because you could say that about most of his movies. Yeah, he's just a mature. <laughs> like you say that about. Dead Poets yeah, Society really too, could, couldn't you? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally understand. Um, no, you do. But yeah, and if you actually objectively watch things side by side. So I think I think we've got a bit better at comedy, um, okay. even even though I'm not as not as popular anymore. Um, or, or not not in the last year or so or whatever. Mm. But th- those things go up and down too. You, okay. you know, everybody has, has their time and then it goes away a bit and then it comes back again and then it goes away again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, so, 
I just want to, sorry, to interrupt. No, go for um, it. I want to try and connect some other dots. And this is a stab in the dark that could be completely off. And if it's two-person as well, tell oh, me. Stab, stab away. So you've said, you know, in the past, you've made a few decisions based on, oh, I'm not getting this done by the time I expected it to, or deadlines sort of bring a bit of stress and stuff. Mm. Uh, and one of your the things you've straight off mentioned that you're most proud of is your kid. Mm. Mm. Did that have like you know getting something done by a certain point have any influence on when you chose to have a kid oh right no no i mean i probably had it later than a lot of bit than would be wise okay. to um but no no um okay. that was just, just uh, yeah, I, I think for me I've, I've i've always been late i've always been late at doing everything yeah okay. um because i've stuff around and um i never know what what i want to do i've always found decision making really hard yeah. um so <laughs> I, like, I don't know what i want to do at any given point I, I kind of want somebody to to say to me you know i think you should do this but then when they do i feel really resentful what are you pushing me around i want to i want to do my own thing yeah and then, then i go off and think oh god what do i do i have no idea i have no idea what i want to do um so i've run my whole life that way okay. career career and personal things um <laughs> have you gotten more that way with age do you think like more confident to be able to sort of be like no, no I'm willing to be late. Or? Not at all. No, okay. I'm willing to be late. I, I, yeah, I actually don't mind being late. Yeah, that's fine because because as I say, I don't want to grow old. Mm. You know, I don't want to feel old. We, I mean, there are these old people who aren't old. You know that like like you meet people who are fifty five. You, you know how there's this <laughs> notion that you can retire at fifty five. Yeah. And there are people I know people who are who are in their fifties and they go and move into retirement villages oh. and they say I'm old. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You need to, you're not old. You're like no. three days older than me. Almost. <laughs> Something um, you know worries me. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I, I I'd want to be the kind of more, more that sort of um, you know Paul McCartney kind of person who's who who is old but doesn't act it. You know yeah. that's which makes sense because if you don't feel old, then. Uh, <laughs> You don't have to be old, I no, think. I think until you uh, until you fall apart, like a Kanye song. Well, and someone uh, says, "Oh, how great's Kanye <laughs> making this Paul McCartney get his first breakthrough?" <laughs> People said, that. "Yeah, that was amazing." <laughs> it was good of him to give Paul McCartney a leg up. Then, yeah, wasn't wasn't it? I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> is that when you've made it too old? When someone says, "Oh, some young comedians really giving this Andrew Hansen his first break." <laughs> I hope they do. If if there's any young comedians <laughs> listening, I'd love to be on. Love to be on the show. But, uh, <laughs> is this your desperate play at the end of the podcast? It is, but you never get asked to do things. I find in comedy, um, you know, you got to make your own yeah. stuff. Um, you must find this in radio too, do you? I mean, you, you know, very much so. Um, I mean, so, I've, I've gotten to the point now. I just do my own video sketch stuff as well online because I just sort of got yeah. Well, of, you, yeah, you, you you have to. No, nobody's gonna ring you up and tell you that they, they want you to be in something because mm. um, we're all busy clinging onto the life raft ourselves. You mm. know, we're all <laughs> we're all trying to do our own thing. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, um, I'll say yes to anybody who rings the phone. <laughs> well, I feel like that's a great note to end this on. Desperate please, don't you reckon? Yeah, I'd like. Okay, let's end it on a desperate plea. Please, please hire me. I'm available. Andrew, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was a shameful pleasure. I'm, I'm ashamed to have been here. Me too. Thanks for listening to Shame Feeder. Keep up to date by subscribing or liking the Sam Blacker page on Facebook. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.